Hi, hi guys. This is Dan from Indie Film Review, and I'm going to review a film for you today. Uh, the film is called uh, A Prelude to Fear, and it's... More it's confidence. A... You must have more confidence when you uh, okay, intro okay. the podcast. Okay, just don't hit me again. Okay. I will punish you whenever I feel like. Yes, sir. For I am the podcast torturer. This is my very sexy basement. I thought you were the Pied Podcaster. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, I, oh, ha. Huh. Uh, we'll just take this mask off. Listen. Um, yes. I don't really care about podcasting. Oh. And I know I've been trying to train you to be a podcaster or whatever. I, this actually, like, what we're doing, this whole, like, punishment thing and, like, keep you in this, like, dingy basement, it, it gives me boners. So that's kind of, like, <laughs> why I'm doing it. Oh. But, like, don't worry. Like, I'm not going to, like, do anything with you. It's just, like, me tor- – I mean, I'm going to torture you. But I just want the boners. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in that case, hi, everyone, and welcome to Indie Film Review. I am Dan and with me, as always, is that guy over there who just said that Owner horrendous Walter. thing. Jared. Woo. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably best if I sit down with you and help you do this podcast. Because, <laughs> um, you... boy. Because you look like a tent otherwise. That's right. Yeah, I definitely need to sit down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Indie Film Review, where we like to review independent films. This week, we reviewed a film called A Prelude to Fear. That's um, right. That was sent to us by Jamie Langlands. He is an actor in the film. And, um... Dan, you said it wrong already. What? It's as a prelude to fear. As okay, a prelude, not a to, prelude fear. to fear. I forgot the Very ass. fucking important. As a prelude to fear. In all seriousness, though, we're going to review the hell out of this film. So here we go. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Dan, why don't you tell us what the film is about? Okay, <laughs> thank you, Dan. Very, Dan, very good. Very good. <laughs> I like that part. All right. Um, so, As a Prelude to Fear is about a woman, a young woman. She's a cellist, and she is invited to take part in this training program, this, this, this lessons with this cellist master and the mm-hmm. cellist master has, her, has her meet him at a diner and somebody abducts her, which we would assume is the cellist master. And, um, we get to spend the whole film trying to find out where this girl went. <laughs> we and, get to, and how, <laughs> how she, is going to escape this person. But we learn along the way that this cellist Pied Piper, they, they call him the Pied Piper in the film, the Pied Cellist, mm. he is uh, he has abducted two other girls. Well, three other girls. One of them he killed because she tried to escape. And then this mm. new girl is going to replace the old girl. And yeah. they're just kind of locked in a basement and they don't play cello at all. So I don't, I, I'm not they, quite they sure. They played cello one time. Yeah, okay. And he, he got, like, real mad. That wasn't her. That wasn't no? the girl that he abducted, I don't think. That was a completely so there, different girl. So there was Eve in the beginning yes. who dies. Yes. And then she gets replaced by... Karen? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Another girl. And 
That girl is forced to play cello, I thought. No, I don't think that's... Because the person that's forcing her to play cello is not actually... Spoiler alert, is not actually the killer. That scene has nothing to do with the abductions. Oh, I know what scene you're talking about. That's that's the dude without the mask. Yes. When he's not wearing the mask. I'm talking... Oh, there is an actual does, scene he where... Does. You're right. I'm yes, going to get yes. confused. Guys, this is so important. We have to establish <laughs> when prisoners were playing cello and when they were not. Um... <laughs> Dan, question to you. <laughs> if I can answer it. Oh, How did you feel about the overall construction of this film? So here's the deal. I like the story. I like the story a lot. I think the story okay. is very strong. I think the narrative mm -hmm. held my attention. What didn't hold my attention was what you're talking about, the construction. Because I think editing the film in a different way could very much be... Uh, strength of this film because the way that it is edited together right now and some of the delivery of the scenes like some of the beats feel a little too long it just it would make the pace that much better because mm -hmm. you know this is one of those films that you kind of feel the length on even though it's only like an hour and 30 something minutes long so i think the story's a hundred percent there in terms of narrative construction i just think that we could have more um, interesting cinematography. We could have more interesting editing, like experimental editing. Yeah. Like I, I think basically what I'm trying to say is this film has a lot of potential that I didn't quite get to see the way I wanted to see it. It's the editing is very standard. Yes. I didn't really have an issue with it, but again, like you're saying, it was kind of, it wasn't making any of the scenes interesting. Here's, really. here's the issue I have with the editing. Most of the scenes that we get our dialogue and all, all the dialogue is shot, mm -hmm. reverse shot. And it's like the more I see shot, reverse shot one after the other, after the other, after the other, it just becomes so stagnant to me. And that's, like I said, I like the narrative, but it was just so much of that shot, reverse shot. And then some of the dialogue just had extra beats that didn't need to be there. I, I don't want to like poo poo the film, but like, you know how sometimes you can feel the script. Mm -hmm. I felt the yes. script in this film. Um, I think the script is also very weak in this. So what do you mean? I'll explain in this film. You'll have a scene where something happens where uh -huh. someone is describing something. And then in the next scene, you'll have characters saying what just happened in the last scene. And then in the next scene, you'll have more characters describing what happened in the other two scenes. And I'm like, I can't, I can't handle okay. this. And it's like, there's such a rough area of show don't tell in this where it's like, you see a woman like playing with a knife and she's like trying to make a shiv and she's writing a letter. And then in another scene, you have someone explaining to another character, like that character, she was writing a letter and she was making a knife and she did these things. And I'm like, we don't like, even if you're explaining it to a different character who doesn't know the information, we know the information as the audience and we don't want to see or hear that again. Like, it's it's already established. Have them learn it some other way. Because I cannot handle, like, hearing the same things over and over again. And this is funny because I, I just had a conversation with Dan about Horizon Zero Dawn. About how in that game, this video game, 
it the game holds your hands so much where it keeps just telling you things you already know or like you're like looking at a mountain it's like look that is a mountain there maybe you should climb it and i'm like yeah i know i know it's a mountain <laughs> like i'm gonna go to it don't worry uh but jared yeah, anyways, i'm yeah. glad you brought up video games and i swear guys we're gonna go right back to this film but jared did this film yeah. not give you heavy rain vibes Oh, dude, I like Heavy Rain. I do too, but so like, that's not bad. It, it was like it, it has a very similar plot. Like, without if you've if you've played Heavy Rain, you know the spoiler then. But if you haven't played Heavy Rain, I'm not going to spoil it yet. But there's a the the climax of this film is basically the climax of Heavy Rain. <laughs> Hold R one to play cello. <laughs> Jason, press press circle to Jason. Yeah, <laughs> Jason. Uh, oh, wait, you got a question for me? Yes, again? I do. Okay, so I, I think your assessment of the film so far has been fair, but I do mm. want to ask you: Were you not intrigued at all by the the, the plot? Like, I, the narrative. I think the narrative has a lot of potential. Do you think the same way? Like, do you do you see uh, a glimmer of if we just take the narrative and just add different editing techniques to it, or add more I cinematography? Think, I think the premise is interesting. Okay. I think where where the story goes is just confusing and I Yes, I will agree with that. We like will cover twist, that in spoilers. There is a twist at the end because yes. at first I'm like is there going to be no twist and it's literally just this dude that you think it is the whole time. Um and and there are certainly plot holes like things that don't make sense in this movie. But but that's every movie. I think honestly. the foundation is very interesting to yes. me. Yes. Um I I think but like the the most fun part, the procedural part of it, uh-huh. was just so boring to me. There's there's a lot of really boring things in this that I think probably could have been helped through editing. So my like I, I said, my biggest things are editing and that the script just way too much explaining what's going on and not enough telling me what's going on through images and like through camera work. Despite our our flack with the editing, it is put together competently. It's like it's not like it's a a a horrid cinematographic error like people knew how to construct a film they just yeah yeah i just feel like it could have been more succinct i guess and i guess mm. that's your argument as well like just get yeah. rid of some stuff and add interesting camera work like yeah add, the directors add, well like... not interesting but like experimental like have fun with the shots like mm-hmm. do things like that and it's not even like being, like you said, it's not even being experimental or anything, but there's really good ways to keep the audience's attention yeah. through the direction. Not just shot, reverse shot. Editing. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we're not saying like, turn the camera up on its head and like, make it off on guard. I mean, that would be cool. But <laughs> if it worked in the film, but, um, but you, you don't need to do that. Like, just have like a scene where there's a, a really wide shot of two characters standing in a hallway uh, and you're not zoomed in on them, and they're both talking for, like, a minute. And, and like, I don't know, have, like, an interesting object there. Like, maybe one of them has a gun, or, like, oh, there's something you didn't notice before. And, like, so you're looking around in the screen while the two people are talking, and it's getting more intense and interesting as you look around, because you're... Because, like, in a wider shots, your eyes start to wander on the detail, right? Yeah. And this isn't something you want to do every time. Yeah. But you are controlling where people are looking. Looking, yeah. You should take advantage of that. Let's get into this film, Dan. Okay, so there are three... Well, okay, so there's two. There's two actors in this yeah. film. I won't even say actors. There's two characters in this film that are just 
I like. I like the dynamic between the two. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do want to give a shout out. Jamie uh, Langlands, he, he is the boyfriend in this film. Um, the boyfriend. But he is not necessarily the person that the film pays attention to. The protagonist? Yeah, the, he, the narrative doesn't really give him... The, he's not the protagonist, which is weird. Like, I thought it was going mm-hmm. to be more yeah. him, but it's not. It's more about this detective and mm-hmm. this vendetta he has against this old dude who teaches cellist lessons. But, like, what does this fucking detective do the entire film? He sits at his desk and bitches and moans. Like, that's all he does the whole fucking movie. Oh, and then, it, and then he has a, a smaller detective, a girl detective, yeah, a smaller detective. <laughs> Tiny detective. She like jumps out of his pocket. She's like, I'm here to solve the case. Oh, that was like an Tiny old like, detective. That was an old sixties cartoon, Inch High Private Eye. Oh yeah, holy shit. <laughs> Damn, dude. Every time you think something's original, it's not. It's already been done. In the sixties um, even. Shit. Okay, so I think Jamie's role could have been expanded more. I agree. And the the reason I say this is because like he he has some like procedural stuff that he's doing. Um, but because I, his girlfriend it, has been abducted and the yes, police aren't yes. doing enough because we've yes. already established that head honcher detective is just sitting on his ass. But then again, it's like another example is he has to say that for some reason, like in the script that the police aren't doing enough when it has clearly been shown that they have not mm, been doing enough. Okay. So it's like, that's kind of the stuff you don't need in there. Cause like, we just saw that in another scene. Like, why do we need him to tell well, I mean, someone else? Cause he's expressing his frustration. I guess, but you can express it other ways by like, all right, I'm going to fucking solve this case. So anyways, Jamie, um, and it's funny because like the Jamie, the actor and Jamie, the character, both same first name, which I thought was interesting. Oh, is it really his first? I, I yeah, don't remember. Yeah. So he, he is, he goes to investigate some old guy and he goes to talk to him. He's like, Hey, I heard, you know, something, but like, we don't know how, I don't remember how he got to that point. You know I what I mean? He either. just like someone tells him off screen to go investigate and talk to this man. And it's like, that's the type of stuff I want to see and hear about. Not like him telling me things I already know. So we could have had two parallel stories. We could have had Jamie doing his investigation. Yes. And the actual police investigation. Yes. It should have been the female detective and Jamie, two different stories in parallel. We should have had, and they can uh, meet up like, (laughs) like Leon Kennedy and Claire. Yo, and what if they kind of like fall in love though? They're like, oh, we kind of like each other. And then, um, then he forgets about his girlfriend, and he just yeah, just... hell yeah, and runs away with the detective lady. <laughs> Fuck yes, I'm. We're kidding, but actually, that would be really good. I'm. I'm not kidding. Oh my god, that would. I don't think that that plotline has ever been done before. It's like, well, think about this. The husband. Like, how good would a love triangle be? Where it's like he's in love with his girlfriend, but he's like starts to bond with this detective, and then they both run off to get. Like she quits her job, and they elope together. <laughs> And the girl just dies. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay. And then have the lead detective, who I think his name is uh, Bombach. Yes, Bombach. And then, and then uh, the red herring is named Cockrum or Corkrum or whatever, yeah. the old man. Yeah. Um, so Bombach could have been still a character, but relegate him to like maybe two scenes. We see him way too much for him to be the actual. Oh, are we going to spoil this right now? (laughs) He's the guy. (laughs) Spoilers, I guess. Um, Hey guys, he's the guy. Yeah, he's he's the guy, guys. The, 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 the lead detective on this case. And okay. The lead detective on this case is, 
is the Pied Piper, and he has abducted three women. Now, what does that tell you? Or how, okay, knowing that uh, audience, now that we are all on the same page, Jared, I my my big question to you is: How did you feel about that one scene where he's interrogating Cochran at the police station? And mm-hmm. now that you know that it is him, like think about what he actually says to Cochran. He's like he gets so pissed off because Cochran's not giving him anything. But mm-hmm. now you know that he's the one who has... It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Okay, so in the past, this exact same thing happened where th- two or three girls went missing. And this detective blamed it on this old man. He announced it to the media. They make a big fucking deal out of this because they say it like three or four times. The Pied Piper. Yeah. Yeah, no, they like... make it a big deal because it, it's important to note that this is kind of why I like the story. Because I agree, I don't think that it makes sense for him to be the, just the way it's edited together. I think in the Mm -hmm. story, yes, it does make sense for him to be the Pied Piper, but you need to have more, okay, every good film is a dance partner. And you, you, a good dance partner gives you cues to follow, right? If you're not mm-hmm. like, and that's how dances work. So whenever I'm watching a film, I do want to get cues. I, I want to like you know, be aided along the way in terms of the way the narrative's going. So mm-hmm. what I see in this film is so much potential that just gets floored at the very end by this this surprise twist that it was the detective mm-hmm. the whole time. It's like, because you don't have any clues leading up to that ever. You and know there's I mean? also no other suspects either. Exactly. so few like characters maybe, in Maybe this. if there were more suspects, it would have felt better to yeah. me. I think maybe it could make sense if they hinted at something anything that you could have figured out the like wait maybe it is the lead detective but because like well i mean the big clue nothing is, about him being a celloist the, so here's here's the big clue that i got from mm-hmm. it so th- there is something that the film gives you that i would construe as oh i could have thought of that which is um they say more than once that it was the detective that named him the pied piper yeah on, it, during okay. the media interview so it's yep. like he pointed fingers first, and that's that to me is a red flag. Like that, I can. So he did that without it. evidence. Too? Yes, yes. Man, but then he acts so guilty. It's like all this acting he has to do of like, oh, I'm so upset about it. Oh, it ruined my career. Blah blah blah. And it, it's like Which is, if he was guilty, it, like I don't know if he would care really. Yeah, I, that, that's he, kind of that's a hang up I have of him being the antagonist as well as the protagonist. Yeah, and then him interviewing that dude and like how frustrated he gets. He's like, "I know you're it. I know it." It's like he knows he he's not. Well, but then so the, like the why would he even waste his time? Cochran's, he's the lead detective. Why would he even be interviewing anyone? That's Co- not even his fucking job. True. Cochran does say boss. something interesting during that interview, uh-huh. where he's like. I didn't do it, detective. It's something along the lines of, I didn't do it, detective, and I think you should get your mental health checked or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like Cochran's like, yeah. you're insane. Go go suck an egg or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> Oh, so the old man, Cockrum or whatever, uh, this guy is so over the top. I kind of I enjoyed him. it. But he's I like, I yes. am not the villain. How could I be? And then whenever you get to see him... Whenever you see him like teaching some cellist, and we'll put teaching in quotes, he, it's it's <laughs> just watching him yell at somebody. This guy is so over the top and screaming that he's the villain so much that like y- you almost have to think because 
people have watched films before, you're like, there's no way he is the villain. Right. It's almost impossible. So then when we got to the very end of the film, and I'm like, oh my god, are they really going to just make it out to be this guy? Because I'm like, that would be actually fucking amazing that the entire time it was this dude. Because like they, they go and illegally dig up his yard without his permission, which would destroy the whole case in America. I don't know... Uh, it would destroy the, the whole case so. anywhere. Like that's completely. I don't understand. Illegal. So they find dead bodies in this this old man's backyard. Um, plant. So how did yeah? How did the lead detective plant bodies in this guy's yard and then <laughs> cover it up with his own garden without him knowing that he had done this? It's impossible. It makes no fucking sense that that stupid old lady neighbor would have saw him. He would have had to been out there for hours and hours digging this up. So, like, okay, there's so many holes. The, the lead detective, how does he teleport to where, like, all the way out into the boonies to where, like, his murder site is, where he has all these women? Like, how does he have this full life of, like, does he never sleep? Like, I don't understand. How many days off does this detective get? It's so crazy. That shit doesn't make any sense. Oh, another issue I had was uh, the music in this. So anytime something happens in this film, the music has to make sure that you're feeling the correct emotion. And I really don't like when films do that. It's very handholdy, and especially doesn't work when there is okay. no emotion. To I, I'm gonna uh, okay. And I want to give an example, but go ahead. I want to I want to defend this film so bad. Like th- I'm I'm so grateful for this film being submitted to us. <laughs> I enjoyed watching it. I am too. This is why we're here. But yeah. I, if we don't say these things, I know. they're never going to know. I'm saying this with peace and love. Yes. I want to preface what you're saying by by giving my thoughts on film score. So yeah. I, I will I will agree and I'll concede to the fact that, yes, it does seem a little handholdy, but that's mm-hmm. what film scores do, whether you realize that's happening or not. Like, mm-hmm. film scores are full of conventions. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, the more you watch films, the more you're like, you, you kind of get tuned into it. But if it's like... No, I think you've made a perfect point already. That makes sense to me. It, I think the thing that annoyed me was the music stings. Yes. So, okay, the for sting. example... Like, where they come you, in. Yes. Okay, so you have the main character. She's in a prison cell. And she's talking to another prisoner through the walls. And she's like... I've I've maybe been here for for a few weeks or whatever. She's like, "How long have you been here?" She's like, "Oh, me? I've been here for 14 years." And it goes, "Duh." Oh. Dun, dun. It's like, um I mean, that sounds unbelievable. That sounds fucking insane that you've been here for 14 years, I guess, but it's like I don't know how that's like a big revelation. And like that kind of stuff happens all the time or like someone's like, "That person, that person's dead." And you're like, "Duh." It's like, "Ah." Instead of Maybe it would have been more, again, more impactful instead of just the dialogue and then more of just, like, how do you show me that you've been there for a super long time through images? Well, I mean, images? like, you, you could also, instead of having it be a sting, you could have yeah. the the music swell. Like, you mm. have, have the music already going, and then whenever we get to the big yeah. reveal, the, the music itself kind of lends itself into that revelation. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, yes, like yes, I, yes. I, I completely agree. Like there, there were more than one time where we were like, like dun dun dun, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, what you're saying. 
So like she hears this information and she becomes so overwhelmed by it that the music itself starts to overwhelm yes. the scene. And she and like you just see panic on her face like, oh, my God, I could be here for 14 fucking years. Like, this is crazy, you know, and just uh, I don't. So we have the main character. She goes with her boyfriend to some some cafe somewhere and they know the town. They know where they are. And she's like, I'm going to go meet this cellist man at the cafe, and he's going to decide if I'm good enough to, to be trained professionally, because he's, he's a very famous cello artist. Okay. So she goes to the cafe. She gets a phone call, and the phone call's like, hey, uh, come meet me at my house. She's like, it's not far away from here. Uh, it's not far away from here. So she's like, oh, okay. So she leaves. She walks to the guy's house. She goes to his door. She opens the door, turns it around, starts talking on the phone. Like, I don't know where you are. Gets kidnapped. I feel like the, these things that lead up to this. How have they not caught the killer or the kidnapper yet? Because one GPS on phones exists and this is modern time. So they would have been able to trace her phone Two, if the cops did their job which they kind of talk about how the cops didn't care about interviewing the cafe lady, which makes no sense. Because um, she's like, yeah, she got a phone call, and then I heard that she left within walking distance. Like, if they just searched the area, because the boyfriend does this and finds the building immediately. And it's like, <laughs> what? So I guess it kind of makes sense because the lead detective doesn't want the crime to be solved. Yeah. But what about the female detective? Why isn't she doing her job? She's barely in the movie. It's like again, it should have been about the boyfriend and the and the junior detective, them each trying to solve the investigation while trying to like, you know, like she's like, hey, you can't solve this investigation. She's like, no, I'm invested. And then like, you know, like they like partner up somehow. Um, it there's just so many little things that didn't. Like, the procedural itself didn't make sense to me. What do you think, Dan? Am I rambling? What's what's happening here? No, I, I'm in complete agreement with you only because of how the big thing that you brought up is the logic is he has been in complete control this entire time. Mm. Maybe if we saw more of him being in control, like the league de detective trying to outsmart his own police force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what if we found out halfway through that it was him, was him. and then the and rest then of the movie is And him. then, like, you get all this anxiety, kind of... like, oh, shit, is he going to get caught now? Like, Yes. Or is yes. he going to get away with it? I, I think that mm -hmm. might have fixed a lot as yeah. well. Now, my question, do, do you think that the end title card sequence is out of place? Yes. I felt like it was... Out of place and inappropriate. Okay. Why? I don't know why it was there. Because, okay, we have this whole thing at the end. It's like every day all these people go missing. And it shows like all the different like yearly people going missing or whatever. And like, yes, this movie is about people going missing. And there's this whole like pretend thing at the beginning where it's like, this is based on true events. And like, there's no fucking way this is based on anything real. Well, anytime uh, that is, you see that in a movie, you just, I never take I never it's like a Fargo that. thing. Like, yeah. I get they're doing a Fargo. But then to have this, like, actual real thing at the end to actually say, oh, no, wait, we, we want to bring awareness to people going missing? And I'm like, what? I don't know. It, it, it felt very strange to me because this is not, this wasn't like a serious film about people going missing. 
It felt disrespectful to me. Okay. Um, I don't think it should have been there at the end. It was strange. I don't know why it was there. I agree. One more thing I want to say, too. The film just kind of starts immediately with a kidnapping. Well, no. It starts with that woman getting killed who's already been kidnapped, and then it immediately goes into another kidnapping. I thought it could have been a lot more interesting if we had a build-up to the main female lead who was in prison. Have us kind of get to know her for a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. like, get to know her and her boyfriend and her life and her playing the cello and, and like, her interacting with the person who's eventually going to kidnap her. I think it would have been not that bad if we actually kind of got to know them a little better. Like, maybe she went to, to go work at his house and she was there, like... As, a, as, like, tutoring, and then she finds out, oh, this guy's kind of weird, and, like, things start to escalate. She's like, maybe I should get the fuck out of here, and then by then it's too late. Like, just have more build-up. There's no build-up. There's no tension to what's going on. It's just, like, you're in, you're in this prison now. You know, I'm going to smash some fruit. Oh, yeah, this movie really hates fruit. <laughs> like, they destroy a watermelon for some reason, and then there's another scene... <laughs> Where the red herring uh, old man, he like stabs a, <laughs> like an orange like 10 times. Like everything's so over the top and silly in this. But yeah, I think I've said my piece. Fair enough. But like, I hope, I again, hope the filmmakers take our criticism to heart. And yeah, absolutely. Just like, hey, fuck these guys. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> they it, don't know how hard it is to make a film. If you want to say, yeah, if you want to say it that, is hard to make a film. That's fine. I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's. It's very difficult to make a film, but then it's very easy to watch it. Let's we'll just say yes. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We it is easier for us to watch and critique it than it was to make this film. I understand that completely. And there was a lot of hard work put into this film. Yes, and I, I'm proud of it. Like I'm like I said, like I'm glad Jamie sent this into us. I think it's I think this is a great thing. And like uh, I, we've agreed that we we enjoy the premise quite a bit. Yeah. So and I, and I enjoyed the over-the-top acting of yes, Cockrum. Cockrum. <laughs> that guy was insane. I loved him. And he, he's just like cockeyed and looking crazy. Oh, man. I oh, Okay. All right. that's right. We're done. Dan, <laughs> take us Guys, away. you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. All hate mail goes to those. <laughs> oh, no. Don't hate us. I don't care. I'll read it. Oh, I'll be like, I'm no. sorry. Anyway. Sorry. Just apologize <laughs> immediately. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, we also have a Patreon for those of you who want to support us. We have a $1 tier, $3 tier, and a $5 tier. But the $5 tier is specifically for filmmakers who submit their films to us because we get mm -hmm. a bunch of them and we have a list that's like six months long. So if you want your film to be reviewed a little faster... You send us $5 and then we put your film on a shorter list and then you can just cancel the subscription. It's just a one-time donation. Or now we do have a PayPal. Um, so patreon.com slash indie film review and paypal.me slash indie film review. $5 donation <laughs> for filmmakers to get their film bumped up to a shorter list. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, check out the necropodicon.com if you are so inclined. Uh, they have other cool podcasts on there that you can go listen to. There's also a link to the Discord if you want to come hang out with us for free. It's a free link to the Discord. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, tell other people about the show. Rate us five stars on uh, your whiteboard at your house. You know, just put uh, any film review of Hatters and like do like a wink emoji, and I'll I'll take a picture and I'll love it. 
so yeah, thanks again, Dan. You're the final word. Every year, eight hundred thousand Americans learn to play the cello. Empires, demons, apples, mice, gnomes, barbarians, saxophones, dice. Fate of Ison is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast from New Zealand. The players are comedians, and the dungeon master is very, very patient. Check out fateofison.com to discover fan art, cast profiles, and a whole new world of adventure. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.